We're in a series called Fearless Church. And what we're looking at in this series are some of the positive steps that we can take in these negative times. We're really trying to help the church family focus on their faith rather than leaning into their fears. So in the very first week, we said, here's one of the positive steps you can take during these negative times. Step deeper into your relationship with Jesus. We're, we were looking at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 that says, But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. And that's a step we could all take. Step deeper into our, into our relationship with Jesus Christ. And then on week two, we said, help others find the hope that we found. And that really is also based on that verse. It says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is within you. That is, if you've set apart Christ as Lord, be prepared to have people ask you questions as to why you're living your life differently and why you have hope. Now, this week, as we continue the series, we're going to look at a famous story that Jesus told at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. And sometimes I think that we forget the context of this story. If you have your Bibles open, and I hope that you do, uh, you can look at in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus began teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. And he taught his disciples, this was early in his ministry, he took them up on this mountainside, the mount, what we call the Mount of Beatitudes, and, and he taught them. And in fact, Wednesday, this past Wednesday night, we were teaching from the Beatitudes. And so this was kind of a spiritual boot camp as he's beginning uh, his ministry with his disciples, and they're trying to learn what it means to be a follower of Christ and how God wants them to live their lives. So in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, that is the message that Jesus preached, the message we call the Sermon on the Mount. Now, at the very end of this strategic message, Jesus ended his message with a story. But before we look at that story, I want to let you know why this story is so important. You see, we all have a tendency to think that just listening to what God says is sufficient. We all do. You do, I do. We all have this tendency to think that if I'm listening to the Word of God, that that's really uh, sufficient. So we listen to sermons like you're listening to right now. We perhaps tune in on Zoom and you connect with your BSF class and you listen to a Bible study. Or maybe you catch the Core 52 on Wednesday nights on Facebook Live. Or, or maybe you're listening on a podcast or the radio to one of your favorite preachers or teachers. And it's a good thing to listen to these preachers and teachers. And if you're really serious, you may even take notes. You may even have a notebook full of notes that you've taken from all of your times of listening to the messages. But the tendency is to think that if I've listened to all of those, then that's sufficient. Let me just say that there really is a satisfaction in hearing God's Word. I, there's really a, a great satisfaction in having somebody teach to you and preach to you. I love to go to the pastor's conferences when we go to a state or a national convention and, and listen to somebody preaching to me. That, that is very satisfying to me. But there is this notion that if I sit and listen, then I've done my part. And that notion has really existed for a very long time. About 1970 years ago, not 1970, but 1970 years ago, there was a man named James. James was the brother of Jesus. He was also a leader in the first church that was started in Jerusalem. In fact, he was probably the prominent leader in that very first church in Jerusalem. Now, James wrote a letter to some Jewish Christians who were living out their faith. And because they were living out their faith, they were forced out of the city of Jerusalem. And James says in the first verse that they were scattered among the nations. 
They were forced out of their homeland and scattered among the nations. So James wrote as a pastor to his people to encourage and instruct them. And in the very first chapter of James's letter, here's what he told those very early followers of Jesus. He said, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. In other words, James understood even way back then with those very first followers of Jesus that if you're simply listening to the word and that's all you're doing, it's very easy to deceive yourselves and think you've done enough. So James says to these early followers of Jesus, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It's fascinating to me that some of those early Christians had already developed that bad habit of merely listening to the word of God instead of living it. They had already developed that bad habit thinking that if I'm listening, that's enough. And you know what? This tendency, this struggle that we all have at times goes back even further than James. Even in the days of Jesus, people had this tendency to just listen to what God said and think that was enough. In fact, there's a very intriguing passage of Scripture in the book of Luke, chapter 8. We're going to put it on the screen for you. In Luke chapter 8, verse 19, it says, Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. Uh, It says at the very first part of that chapter, chapter 8, verse 1, I believe it is, that Jesus traveled throughout Galilee from town to town, village to village, preaching and teaching the Word of God. I remember they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have any way to communicate to one another. They, didn't, they hadn't seen him in a while, probably so. So his mother and his brothers came to see him. I'm sure Mary probably was behind that, you know, as any loving mother. Let, let's go check on, on your brother. Let's go see how Jesus is doing. And so Jesus' and, mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd pretty easy to find Jesus, just look for a big crowd. And as they were looking around, they saw the big crowd, they're trying to work their way through the crowd, but they can't get to him. The crowd was so large and Jesus was so popular. Look at the next verse. Someone told him, that is someone told Jesus, someone got word to Jesus, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. Now, if you were Jesus, you would probably say, well, we'll bring him in. Uh, clear some space here. Get, make a place for mom here. I want mom to sit right here. And the, just come on, bring him in. Let's make room for him. That's not what Jesus said. Here's what he said. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Now, Jesus wasn't rejecting his natural family. He was using this opportunity simply to make the point that those who really belong to his spiritual family are those who are living the truth and not just listening to it. So even in the days of Jesus, this was a tendency, this was a struggle, this was something that people really kind of had an issue with, that just this idea that of merely listening to the Word of God was sufficient. But, You can go back even further than that experience. You can go back even further than when Mary and Joseph or Mary and and Jesus' brother showed up. You can go back even further than that and see the same kind of problem. When Jesus was beginning his ministry, he told a famous story at the end of the Sermon on the Mount to his disciples. Guess what the story was about? Matthew chapter 7 is our text. Mike's already read it for us, but let's read it again. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice 
It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus told this story to say to these early disciples, what you do with what you've just heard will determine the type of life that you live. Now remember, keep this in context. This is at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. He ends his sermon with a story. And the purpose of the story is to say to them, what you do with what you've just heard will will determine the kind of life that you live. Why did Jesus end the story of the Sermon on the Mount with this story? Because he knew you, and he knew me, and he knew the disciples, and he knew that we all have this tendency to say, man, that was an amazing sermon, and then never try to live what they've just heard. And so what I want to do is take this story that Jesus told and summarize it for you with two simple points. Here's the first point that I want you to see in this story. How we respond to God's Word is crucial. Jesus called the person who not only hears what God says, but obeys what God says, a wise person. Look at verse 24 again. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, and if you have your pen handy, if you mark your Bible, I would encourage you to underline, and puts them into practice. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, Jesus said, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Jesus called the person who not only hears what he says, but puts it into practice. Jesus said, that is a wise man. And I say to you, the smartest thing you'll ever do is to listen to what God says and then try to live it out. Dr. Howard Hendricks made famous this statement. He said, the purpose of the Bible is not information, but transformation. God hasn't given us all this material just to fill our heads with knowledge. God's given us all of this to change our heart and to change our lives. You see, you can know the Word, but never grow from it. The Bible is not written to make you a smarter sinner. The Bible is written to help you live like your Savior. But God's Word does not become real to us until we live it out. I wish I could help, I wish I could kind of open up your heart and and just plant that in there. That God's Word really doesn't become real to you until you live it out. It doesn't become real to you by simply hearing somebody teach or preach. It doesn't become real to you by simply reading it. Now all of those things are good and you ought to do that. But God's Word becomes real to you when you live it out. Listen, you can be a Bible teacher and still not live it out. You can be a preacher and still not live it out. The time when the Word of God becomes real in your life is not when you read read it or teach it or listen to it. The time when the Word of God becomes real in your life is when you live it out. When you try to put it into practice. But let me also say to you that obeying God's word and trying to live it out will not insulate you from the storms of life. But when the storms do come, you'll have a foundation that will see you through the hard times. That's what Jesus said in verse 25. He said, the rain came down, 
The streams rose, the winds blew, and beat against that house, and yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. What's your life built on? What's your foundation? In this story, Jesus told the story of a first builder who was, he called him, a wise man because of the way he was building his life. And then in this story, there's a second builder. Jesus called the person who foolishly disregards what God says, Jesus called that person a, a foolish person. It's a very strong word, by the way, moros in the Greek word, and it, from which we get our word moron. Look what Jesus said in verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Now, listen to this. Be sure you hear this. The foolish man that Jesus refers to in this text is not someone who refuses to listen to the Word of God. That would be a lost man. A lost man doesn't want to hear the Word of God. He, he, he ignores the Word of God, doesn't want to hear it, doesn't want it to be proclaimed. No, in this story, the foolish man is not somebody who refuses to hear the Word of God. The foolish man in this story is someone who listens to what God says then ignores it, and walks away and does nothing with it. Now, why would anyone do that? I mean, if God has spoken, if God has spoken to us through his word, why would anyone hear what God says and then not do anything with it? Well, there's two very simple reasons. Number one, you fooled yourself into thinking that listening is enough. Remember what James said in that verse? You have deceived yourselves. You fooled yourself into thinking that listening is enough. And number two, you realize that if you try to live what God says, you may have to change something in your life. And many times it's a change we're not ready to make. It's a change we're not willing to make. It's a change we don't want to make. So the comfortable thing is to simply sit and listen to the Word of God being taught. But here's the problem with that approach. The problem with that, with that approach to living is that you really end up having no foundation for your life, especially when the storms come. Jesus said in verse 27 about this foolish man, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Fell with a great crash. Let me show you the second point of this story. Number two, storms reveal what we build our lives on. Storms reveal what the foundation of our life really is. You see, what we profess to believe will ultimately be tested. One of the outcomes of COVID-19, I believe, it, it is showing us if our lives are really built on the rock. One of the outcomes of COVID-19 is that it's revealing what our lives have been built on. Now listen to me, friend. Let me say something to you with the pastor's heart. Our lives are either built on the one sure foundation of God's Word, or they have no foundation at all. That's what Jesus was saying. When the foundation of your life is the eternal Word of God, you can stand in the temporary trials of life. But when the foundation of your life is your wisdom. 
you don't have a foundation when the storms of life hit. In this story that Jesus told, there were two, found, two builders, two foundations. They both faced the same storm. One house stood because it was built on the rock, and the other house fell because it was foolishly built on sand. And with that simple little story, Jesus was saying to those first disciples, that's the difference God makes. That's the difference God makes. What you do with the Word of God now will have a direct impact on how you handle the storms of life later. I'm convinced that COVID-19 is a wake-up call for the church. Not just Mount Airy Baptist Church, but all churches. I I really am convinced that COVID-19 is a wake-up call for the church. You see, it's pretty easy to learn religious vocabulary and sing religious songs and even talk about the Bible, but that won't prepare you for what's ahead. We need to stop merely listening to the Word of God and we need to start living it. And from the earliest days of Jesus' ministry, the emphasis has always been on practicing the Word of God rather than merely listening to the Word of God. From the very earliest days of His ministry, that has been the emphasis of the New Testament. Practicing the Word of God rather than merely listening to the Word of God. Now, I want to tell you a story about one of my grand dogs. I've got two grand dogs. Uh, One is named Sully, he lives in Charleston, and one is named Millie, and she lives just about a half mile from our our house. And so Millie, because we have a big fenced-in backyard, Millie loves to come over to our house and run around and play in the backyard and all that kind of thing. Uh, About a week or so ago, Millie came over, and I had forgotten that I had left the side gate open in the backyard. So Lauren did what she always does. She, she brought Millie open. She went to the back door, opened the back door to let Millie out into the backyard. And Millie was out playing and having a good time. Then she saw the gate was open. And she took off running like she always does. Whenever the gate is open, she never walks through it. She runs through it. And she ran all over that neighborhood. She ran to see the neighbor. She ran to see another dog. She ran up and down the street. She loves it when the gate is open. And she takes off running. And she just runs and runs and runs and has such a a good time bolting through the neighborhood. There's a sign at Hobby Lobby that says, Live like someone left the gate open. Live like someone left the gate open. It really simply means this. Enjoy life and live it to the fullest. You see, if you think the Bible is God's way of trying to keep you in the fence, you're not going to be very motivated to live the Word of God. But what if, what if the Bible was God's way of saying, I've got something good in store for you. You can live a better life than the one that you're living right now. I've got something good in store for you if you'll just do more than listen to it, if you'll try to live it, I've got something good in store for you. Maybe we need to live like God has left the gate open. Maybe we need to live like God has something good in store for us out there if we'll just go with Him and follow Him and obey Him. Because you know what? God really does. He's left the gate open. And he's got something good in store for you. You see, 
religion too often is just the fence to keep you where you are and to say, do this and don't do that and stay in the fence. But God's left the gate opening because Jesus came and he said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. I've come that you might enjoy life and get all you can out of it. Or maybe there's another verse that will help you understand this. Psalm 119, verse 32 says, I run in the path of your commands for you have set my heart free. I run in the path of your commands. You've set my heart free. Hearing the Word of God is good. Living the Word of God is life-changing. God's left the gate open. He wants you to live this book, not just listen to it. But it's your choice. Have you ever noticed how this story ends? This story of the two builders. Matthew chapter 7, the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. You know, he taught them in chapters 5, 6, and 7, all kinds of incredible things. And then he tells this story to end the Sermon on the Mount. But have you noticed the last two verses of chapter 7? Here's what it says. Verse 28. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. They were amazed at his teaching. They walked away amazed. But I wonder, did they walk away changed? I wonder, did they go away and try to live the amazing things they had heard? We're not told. We're just told that after Jesus tells this story, the two builders, and and be sure you live the word of God and not just listen to it, the last two verses say, and the people were amazed at his teaching. But being amazed will not change your life. Living the amazing teachings will. And so what I want to say to you today is this. Don't just listen to God's word. Live it. Do what God says. And when the storms come, like COVID-19, you'll have a foundation to stand on. Storms will come, and this won't be the last one. So each day, as you're doing your Bible study, have these two words in mind. Sand or rock. If all I do is read the Word and then close my Bible and go off to work, and I never try to live what I've just read, it's sand. But if I open my Bible and then I say, Lord, what do you want me to do today to live this out? Then that's rock. Sand or rock, you decide. Now, if you don't know Christ as Savior, can I say to you that God wants you to turn to Him because He's trying to draw you to the rock. If your life is not built on the foundation of Jesus Christ and His Word, your life is built on sand. Maybe this COVID storm is revealing that to you. But your life can be built on the rock if you'll claim Christ as your Savior and if you'll build your life on what He says. Simply surrender your life to Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I trust that Christ died on the cross for me. And I give my life to you. I surrender my life to you. I repent of my sins and I surrender my life to you. I put my faith in you. You can do that today. You can come to the rock. and Start building your life on that foundation. If you make that decision, I'd love for you to let us know. We have a website and a little uh, information site. Just info at Mount Airy. 
mountairybaptist.com, info at mountairybaptist.com. If you've made any kind of a spiritual decision today, I would love to hear from you. Just, just send me a little email. Let me know what God has done in your life. Thank you for tuning in. But don't just listen to this sermon. Try to live it. God bless.